how do we start church in a time like this? Les les bontons roulés. What's that? Throw me something in this church. Um, yeah, because of Mardi Gras, unfortunately, today I somehow got I stumbled into a, a task that I have to do after church. So uh, we're going to cancel Bible study. I know don't don't you know don't hit don't kill the messenger. But um, yeah, I got to get get out of here real quick. So uh, um, but it's just for Mardi Gras, right? And we'll you know soon we'll be back to to, to normal um, Lent and we'll be boohoo in there. And and then uh, next thing you know, Easter, right? And then spring will spring, spring, spring will spring. Sprung will spring. Yep. All right. Our order of service is St. Stephen service. And uh, our entrance hymn is hymn 820.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Lord, have mercy, creator of all. Christ, have mercy, redeemer of all. Lord, have mercy, Holy Spirit. For the peace from above and for our salvation, for the peace of the whole world, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For the welfare of all the people of the Church of God, and for this holy house, and for all who bow down here and worship, let us pray to the Lord. The Lord have mercy, Creator of all. Christ have mercy, Redeemer of all. Lord have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin to one another and to the Lord. Gracious, gracious Father, Father, we confess that we have tried to hide ourselves and our sins from you. For we know that we have done wrong. We are drawn to live selfish lives refusing to bear the troubles of others. We often turn from our neighbors, ignoring their pain and excusing their needs as the responsibility of someone else. Gentle Lord, in your mercy, forgive our sin and free us from our selfish ways. Grant that we may choose to obey you and show our love for you by serving others. God, rich in mercy and abundant in love, has given his son to die for us, for Jesus' sake, at his command and in his behalf. I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace. You have new life in Jesus Christ. This new life is founded in forgiveness and framed by joy. And therefore, with the song of the angels in our hearts and on our lips, we join the whole church on earth and in heaven to proclaim.
peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. God of compassion, keep before us the love you have revealed in your Son, who prayed in seated for the readings. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 45. I begin on verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household. Joseph then said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now, hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you and your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses, one, uh, verses 21 to 26. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. 
for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Then verses 30 to 42. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, how were the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body, as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another. And stars differ from stars in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead? The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Thank you, Lord, for this gift of life. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Martin Luther uh, had this phrase that we are all donkeys. We're either ridden by God or ridden by Satan. And... If you think about it, how true that statement is, because nobody is a, a being unto themselves. I mean, we each are unique beings. But this whole idea that, you know, you can do whatever you want, just as long as it doesn't affect anybody else, is sort of a myth, isn't it? Because... If you're born into a family, the things that you do affects your family, negatively and positively. And even if you are totally alone in the world, perhaps some great tragedy happened to you when you were a child and, and you have no father or mother or sister or brother, whatever relationships you do have, there's a... Well, just the word relationship dictates expectations, does it not? And you are either a person who is trusted or a person who is not trusted. A person who is loved or a person who is reviled. Or you're a combination. But here we are encouraged by Words that I think if we, if, and, and I, I suppose what I'd like to do is sort of emphasize 
how God is in control and how God's will gets done regardless of whether you are a believer or not. Now that should give dread to those people who do not believe in God. But it doesn't really give dread to them because they don't believe in God. So who cares what God says? But for us, there's been a lot of things said this morning and some things that might make us cringe because there's a lot of works in here. Everything from withholding uh, needs from the needs of others to judging. And boy, do we love to judge. It's one way we can differentiate ourselves from others. And we have words that indicate that in, our, in the language that we use, haves and have-nots. And uh, even when we uh, uh, talk about those people who don't have, oftentimes we talk about them in such a way to where they themselves feel, uh, feel defeated and downtrodden. Instead of just helping them. Now, if you don't do that, are you going to hell? And that would be interesting, you know, uh, conversation of discussion amongst the Christian churches because some people would say absolutely. But then what do you do with he who believes and is baptized shall be saved and Christ suffered and died for us and forgives our sins and so when we ask forgiveness, we are forgiven. What do you do with all of those things? Well, I think in some ways, and this is not to excuse us, in some ways uh, we tend to undergive because we, we don't pay enough attention to our brother and sister in Christ. And then in our culture, sometimes when we do pay attention, we offend them by offering help, right? Haven't you ever been offended when somebody offered you help and you went, I don't need your help. I'm just fine. What made you think I needed your help? So it's pretty hard. It is pretty hard to, to do good with somebody without offending them, perhaps, or to not do anything and offend them by not doing anything. So what do we do? Well, I think we simply continue on as children of God, and we follow God's leading and prodding. And you do realize that things that you do uh, have a broader effect probably than you even know. I've come to learn that as a police chaplain, you know. And if you imagine... Um, police standing on a scene, a horrible murder or something, and you see two of them standing talking to each other, and one of them goes, <laughs> you might think, how dare he laugh at a murder scene? <laughs> and even that, because it's on camera, carries out ramifications. Perhaps, it is interesting that that was televised because don't you and I go to funerals and don't we chuckle 
don't we say some things that maybe we shouldn't say? But we were saying it to them. We weren't saying it to everybody. But you realize God hears everything. And so we're always being recorded. Not just by the phone that might be taken out of a pocket and turned on at an incident. But by God who hears everything. And by other people who hear when we say things. Now, this isn't about proper etiquette or, or anything like that, but this is to realize that even when someone makes a mistake, talks down to us, insults us, or something like that, God always has his plan. The biggest example we have, of course, is Joseph this morning. Oh, my. Now, some people today might think that Joseph deserved it because he couldn't keep his mouth shut, right? You know somebody who can't keep their mouth shut, you know, and all of a sudden they say something and they have to eat their own words. There's a little bit of giddiness that comes along with watching them do that. Or maybe indignation at watching them gloss over the big faux pas they just made and just move along, and you think, how dare you? You should be eating crow right now, and, you, and you're dressing it up, and you're putting ketchup on it and hot sauce and all of that stuff, and, you're, and you're, you seem to, to be trying to get away with it. No siree. And then maybe we want to pounce on them a little bit more so that they are indeed truly humili humili humiliated. Well, Joseph's brothers decided to enact a, a killing that he was dead and went back and told his dad. Oh, we had nothing to do with it. He's dead. Well, no, you sold him to traitors who went and sold them to somebody else. And then someone propositioned him and he said, no, I'm going to be faithful. And so Joseph was always faithful to God even though his own family deserted him. Wow, being deserted by your family is a pretty, pretty tough shakes, pretty hard. But we see in Joseph's example that God had a plan beyond that. And God always has a plan beyond that. So what should we learn from that? And this is the biggest thing. This is the biggest theme I think of today's sermon is that no matter what you have to go through, God's plans are bigger than this knucklehead or that idiot or whatever. Whatever somebody does to you, whether they really mean to do it or whether they just accidentally do something or say something and they have no idea how they hurt you, God's plans are always bigger. And so you can always say, Eh. What's your alternative? Get mad at them, right? Seek revenge. Maybe give them a, a sucker punch in return or something like that. But you see, in the, in the normal course of day's events, we have these lessons where it says, don't repay evil with evil. Don't live angry crabby lives 
where you yell at the kids, you know, get off my lawn. Or something like that. So today I say to you, if your neighbor brings his dog on your lawn and nature happens, don't call out and make a big deal out of it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, it, it's this kind of thing. Because when we do these things, of course we don't really mean to, or maybe we do mean to, but we really didn't mean to, and we're so sorry, but we're really not that sorry. <laughs> God forgive me, for I know not what I do, and even what I do know that I do, I know you'll forgive me anyway, kind of thing. That sort of lackadaisicalness that we can have, God forgives. And whereas you might stand and say to somebody who is apologizing. And, and, and this one of the most humiliating things that that can I think almost can happen to a person is that you swallow your pride and you go up and you tell somebody, I'm so I'm sorry. And that person looks right back at you and say I, and says, I don't believe you. And my response, you know, I might have been when I was younger, might have been, oh, no, please, you know, or something. My response now is, well, OK. You know, I mean, my conscience before God. Is is good. You don't hold power over me unless I give you power. And I think that might be one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest problems in cr the crimes that we have here, retribution and that sort of thing. Someone murders somebody, they stand around, they figure out who did it or they guess who did it or whatever, and then they go and murder. And th this family has to, has to um, uh, deal with that, and then that family has to deal with that, and then they have to go back. And it's like a tennis match with tragic event, with tragic results. People dying every day. I think there's a I know there was a murder this morning and already, you know, in this joyful Mardi Gras time. Why? Because somebody looked at somebody wrong or said something wrong or what have you. And that person wasn't able to. To um, categorize the anger and let it go. And indeed, disrespect is huge, a huge sin. In this day and age, just saying a word can get you killed. And that is not what God desires. And that is not good for you in your life to run around counting who did what to you. Whether it is calculated or whether it is accidental or all of those things. Believe me, Joseph's brothers had to pay. With the measure that they had in selling Joseph and they did a little bit of a payment when they when they realized who they were standing in front of can you imagine this guy all he has to do is just wave his finger and we're all dead and don't think that's going to stir your gut just a little bit don't think that's not going to cause you a lot of angst which it did and then, of course, what did they have to do? 
go tell daddy. And you think daddy's going to say, okay. I was told Joseph is dead. Now Joseph isn't dead. Does somebody have something that they want to reveal here? Wow. But Joseph, of course, is saying, look, brothers, what you did was wrong, but we are not talking about that today. We are not concentrating on that today. What we are concentrating on is God's plan, which was far bigger than you guys, what you did. And so doing what you did ended up serving God. And it wasn't up to Joseph to say, now, this is how you're going to get punished, and this is how you're going to get punished. God meted all of that out. And in the same way, that's what happens. And even Christians, when Christians do something, you know, kind of dumb, sometimes you have to pay. Sometimes you are made to say, I'm sorry. Even though maybe you're not that I'm sorry. But it's best that you do say I'm sorry, right? Because things are bigger than you and your pride. Me and my pride. Sometimes... We simply have to do it. And it's better if we do it out of our own character, the character that God has given us, rather than be prodded to and fight against it and go, I'm sorry, to where everybody goes away with kind of a sour taste in their mouth. He didn't really say I'm sorry. And that's the way a lot of life is, isn't it? I'm just bringing this up. Because God wants us to have a higher view of this life and what happens to you. And once again, the higher view is that God's plans are bigger than our meager plans. So if you want to do this, you can read all the books, you know, how to win friends and influence people, how to manipulate how to do this and how to do that, but God prefers that you, you mirror him through your works, through your acts, through your love, because God is love. And we'd be remiss without saying this, that one of the biggest things that ever happened, God did himself, and that is sending Jesus Christ who reversed the curse of Adam and Eve. It's a true miracle that people who don't deserve forgiveness receive forgiveness. And how did it happen? It happened because God reached down and touched each and every one of us with his mercy. And Jesus Christ suffered and died not just for us who believe, but for the world, the sins of of the whole world, Jesus suffered under all of them. Which means that if we do not heed the call, in other words, if we reject God, then we are responsible for killing Christ just as much as anyone else who did that. 
And we who believe and we who heed the call, who listen to God's words, receive forgiveness we do not deserve. But since God says, I'm handing it out this way, we are truly forgiven. So it's a pretty good thing that our God is so gracious and merciful, that he grants us mercy and pardon while we kind of sit back in our little, uh, you know, picky, uh, minute, you know, lives seeking uh, whom we may get mad at. Well, should I be mad at that person? Should I? I don't know. I think they I think they insulted me there. And instead say, you know what? I'm sure I insulted uh, somebody. And if you don't think that you did, just just pull somebody you trust aside and ask them. And if they're honest, they'll have to say, oh, yeah, you do it all the time. (laughs) Well, why didn't you say anything? Because I love you. And I know you don't mean it. And isn't that something? Because there you have an example of someone, maybe even yourself, who doesn't count the sins of everybody, who knows and who uses that relationship that they have with other people and understands that sometimes somebody's not perfect towards you or towards anyone else. But the one thing that we do know is Christ is perfect and Christ forgives all including each and every one of us. And so if someone does something against you, what do you do? You look up to God and you say, God, forgive us all. We know not what we do, but thank you because we know what you do. We may not know what they do. We may not know their intentions, but we know your intentions and we know that you want us to love because you love us. And let that bathe your wounded pride. And it'll be much better for you. And I think you'll have a lot more room to love one another and be a lot more generous to one another. Because after all, doesn't God know better than us? He does. And so what seems impossible for us today is possible once again, through God and through what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. The peace that surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the hymn of the day, hymn 851.
Nicene Creed. come to good. Give us such tested faith and bring all things to completion according to your purposes in Christ, the new Adam, who has brought hope to the world. Lord, in your mercy, lead all pastors and missionaries, church workers, and faithful service to your people with compassion and love. Bless every place we hear your word and serve our neighbor in Christ's name. Lord, in your mercy. 
Help all parents who have brought their children to Christ in the waters of holy baptism also to bring them to him faithfully in the divine service that he may continue to take them in his arms and bless them through his word. Lord, in your mercy, let your love have its way with us, Lord. Lead us to expect no self-interest reward, but to love our enemies and serve those in need. Put an end to all bitterness and strife. Let forgiveness reign between each of us even as Christ's blood covers our sins before your heavenly throne. Lord, in your mercy, uphold civil authority and those responsible to you for the welfare of our nation, state, and community. Help them to steadfastly pursue the cause of justice and protect life from beginning to natural end. Guard all first responders and protect those who defend us here and abroad. Lord, in your mercy, Comfort all who suffer, deliver the sick according to your will, sustain uh, and sustain by your grace those troubled in body or soul, especially we uh, uh, bring before you Dolores Fordley who suffered a, um, a stroke. Um, we ask that you'd continue to be with all of those people that we have listed in our bulletin. Uh, you know each and every one of, uh, of their troubles and of their um, needs and we ask that uh, you would uh, be with them uh, go beside them and lead them um, and heal them if all of this be your will um, we ask that you be with the dying and grant them peace at the last give your comfort to those who grieve grant though your children patience and courage to endure every time of trial and hope with Christ Lord in your mercy we give thanks for the gift of the blessed sacrament, O Lord. Give us a right heart as we prepare to eat and drink Christ's true body and blood, that by it we, may, we would be equipped to love you above all our, and our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you will bring all things to completion according to your order and your time. When Christ comes, and all the dead are raised. Number us, we pray, among the saints in glory, clothing the perishable with the imperishable and bringing us to eternal life through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, your gracious hand was given, has given life to all things. You shaped the world and fashioned a people by the power of your word. All creation is renewed by the soft whisper and the thunderous roar of your spirit. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. In this final age of your creation, you have given us your son, your word become flesh. In his redeeming death and resurrection, Jesus has fulfilled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Send upon us now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that living in the light and power of Jesus' resurrection, we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others, and so begin today to experience the inheritance prepared for all your children.
table of the Lord as we come to seek the Father.
the benediction. The God of hope grant you joy and peace in believing so that you will be filled with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.